so we have a project. We have a project. We call it OM Champion Project. Hello everyone and welcome to yet another episode of the Marseille View where we debrief um, previous Marseille games and mostly the games from the day before. Um, yesterday's game and the one we're going to talk about today is Marseille against Strasbourg where Marseille finally found victory after six games I believe winless against very beatable teams. Uh, Marseille won 2-0, a uh, goal in the first five minutes and then the second goal came from a penalty from Strootman. Uh, knocking it in at this 92nd minute, I believe. Um, so today we're going to run through the usual lineup. So we're just going to go through the general impressions, going line by line, and then since the Liga seemed to be at a historical mediocrity level, we're going to talk a little bit about about other teams for once. We're going to talk about the league table and how our our rivals, namely Leon, um, Lille, and Monaco, are doing. And then uh, we uh, might talk about the game ahead. If we've got enough time, we'll talk about PSG Marseille, which is supposed to be the uh, game of the season for Marseille, but it hasn't panned out that way in the last, uh, what, eight years, nine years for Marseille, since the last time we actually got a result there. Anyway, so we'll talk about this uh, more in depth when we get to it. But first, I'm going to introduce our speakers today. So we've got... um, the classic lineup as well. The first speaker we've got is Ben. How are you, Ben? Good. Um, relieved that we won. Yeah, it's it's long overdue, wasn't it? Yeah, but it's, I don't think the performance was that bad either. So we'll talk about that in more detail. But happy overall after after an international break. I'm just happy we won. Yeah, fair enough. Right, and we'll see if the, the second speaker agrees with Ben. But so the next speaker is uh, Stefan, who took some time away uh, in Scotland to to join us on a podcast. How are you doing, Steph? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, I'm I'm much like Ben to be honest. I'm quite pleased actually after what nearly what two months or something without a win. I'm in quite a good mood for this podcast. Way. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, <laughs> I feel like standards have got that low. You still, you guys are still traumatized from from the Garcia era because it's you. You guys are very easily satisfied. <laughs> uh, funny, funny you should mention that person because I think we're going to discuss him a bit later on. But anyway, yeah, maybe maybe one of the best transfers uh, of the McCall era uh, is a certain certain manager that we'll talk about maybe later on the show. Um, so talking about the Marseille Strasbourg game, so like I said, um, Marseille won two nil. Um, very push and pull game. Um, Marseille had less possession than Strasbourg at home, but managed to be a lot more clinical um, with 12 shots, six on target, and managed to slot away two goals. And within those shots not on target, Marseille hit the bar twice with a quite incredible attempts by Radonich and unbelievably Chad Lassar, who found himself in a shooting position and managed to hit the bar. 
Um, so in terms of general impressions, in terms of what, what did you feel when you were expecting, what you were expecting when you came into the game and, and how it panned out, Stefan, how did you, what did you think about the game overall? Um, I I thought the performance was actually pretty decent, and I, I remember the commentators being quite critical actually of Marseille, saying that they didn't think they would be. They kept saying throughout the game they didn't think they'd be surprised if Strasbourg equalised and went on to win the game. But personally, I thought Marseille were quite in control for much of the game. I mean, there was a period late in the second, the first half, and then a period in the second half where we were kind of letting Strasbourg will come into the game a little, but we were never really that under pressure. I felt I felt it was quite a secure performance. Yeah, it, yeah, I, I agree. It was very much like it, Strasbourg did have the ball and they had fifty three percent of the possession, so it, it shows they had most of the ball, but they were very very ineffective, and that maybe we can talk about their tactics and stuff. But I feel like the impressions for Marseille fans is due to the fact that we're just scared every time they're in our final third. But when you actually look at the game again, they never looked any dangerous, did they? No, not at all. And, I mean, we should remember, though, that Strasbourg um, are bottom of the league and they have a very poor goal-scoring record. So it's not really surprising that they weren't that much of a threat going forward. But, you know what? There was things about the game that I was quite pleased with. Actually, I was really pleased with some of, the, especially in the first half, some of the passing was really nice from us. You know, um, in midfield, we just seemed to be distributing the ball a lot better than I've seen us pass the ball around probably for since I don't know years. We didn't pass the ball around that well when Garcia was the manager at all. Um, I know, and I know it wasn't consistent through the whole match, but there was just periods where we just looked really comfortable and moving the ball from player to player. Um, and you know, defenders were getting forward. We looked like we, could, we were capable of scoring goals, although maybe we weren't clinical as we could have been. But I just think there was a lot, lots of um, positives and certainly like lots of potential there to be, you know, to build upon. Yeah. Do you think it was due to the international break or or due to the the, the very different lineup that we got? You know, with Kamara coming back, Rangier being in the lineup instead of Sanson. Radonic finally getting a start and Sakai playing left back. I don't know actually. I'm not really sure. I think I think the breaks probably helped. I think we needed that time off because we just been on such a poor run of so many draws, um, and then that um, defeat to Amiens. Um, but I think um, in terms of personnel, I don't know. I think Roger is kind of um, starting to look like he will be, you know. A regular in our midfield, and he, I think he's going to be a, a good addition. As much as he does try to make passes, maybe sometimes he's been too casual with too, some too ambitious efforts. But um, I think maybe that helps just having a an upgrade in midfield. Um, maybe not having a Mavi play <laughs> may have been a good thing as well. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Like just, I think just. Maybe time as well, you know, like as the season progresses, we, the players get more comfortable in the manager's system, you know, and they learn to play together in a particular way. And maybe we'll start, maybe we will start seeing the, the fruits of whatever's going on in the, the training and the pre season. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, I'm very mindful that we've got some really hard games up, so maybe that'll all kind of 
sort of fall apart. But yeah, I don't know. It just looked, looked like some things were starting to come together. Mm. Well, that's it. Oh, that system that you talk about is definitely going to be tested in the next few weeks, isn't it? Ben, what wh- what did you think about the game? How how? Because when you bear in mind that Strasbourg, like Steph said, are bottom of the league, have not yet scored away from home. Were, were you were you scared? Were you scared of this game, or, or were you quite confident? I I wasn't scared, but I would say that it, you know we we've seen it over the last few weeks where we we struggled to create chances against teams that are, let's face it, weaker than us. Not only on paper, but in their league form. But I wasn't worried that we we would we would lose. I was more concerned that we wouldn't win. If if you guys get what I mean, I thought it it might have turned out to be another Montpellier game, although they're not as good as defending as Montpellier. And they, they certainly tried to set up the same way as Montpellier, which is probably an 8 1 1 formation, for fuck's sake. <laughs> we, see, we see too much of that in Ligue 1, but yeah. it's, the, it's what we come to expect when we play teams at the Velodrome. But I, I agree with Steph. I think that the, the first half was our best half of football from, um, from a contents and, and creating chances point of view for, for, for quite a few games. Um, and yes, you. The, our whole analysis of the evening and of the game, you've got to remain measured and remember that it is Strasbourg and they're a pretty weak team. But at the same time, I can only applaud the performance of, of some of our players. I think Lopez was, was on really good form in the first half. He picked quite a few key passes. He, he could have scored towards the end of the first half if he'd have taken a better first touch from that beautiful ball from Benedetto on the counter-attack. But, oh well. Mm. Um, you know, Stras- Strasbourg were actually so poor they managed to make Radonich look half decent. So, yeah, you've got to remain measured in your analysis. But I was, I was quite happy with after the first half. I, I think that quite honestly, we were unlucky to only be one goal ahead. We should have had at least the second goal before half time. Yeah, I mean, regardless of the opposition, like you said, uh, seeing the run of games that we that we've got in the next few weeks, you'll take any points. Um, you know, whether it's Dijon, yeah, you'll take the Amiens... Points, but you'll, you'll, you'll take the points, but you'll take the, the performance as well. And, and people are being... Yes, we're all critical because we expect a lot more from, from OM because we're OM. But compared to the last few games where we were playing weaker teams and we just didn't create goal-scoring opportunities for any of our players, there were quite a few crosses last night. There were quite a few little triangle combination plays, notably in the first half where Benedetto and... Rongier were playing little one-touch passes to each other and to others. We were we were trying a lot of ambitious balls in from in behind. So if you look at the the Kalitakar chance, um, it goes from a back heel. I think it's from Radonich actually, who just plays him straight through. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and it's it, it's you know that that type of play we we haven't seen that so far this season. So I, again, we've got to remain measured because there's a tough run of games coming up. But if we're capable of, of winning the points that we should be winning against these teams, then if we perform like that against these teams, we should pick up points. Yeah. Actually, well, you guys men- mentioned quite a few a few individual names and individual actions. So I think we'll, we'll, we'll dwell, we'll like jump into the individual performances and, and line by line. Before we do that, I'll just give you my, my two cents about, about just the overall game. I honestly, I think that the game could have looked a whole lot different if we hadn't scored in the first five minutes. Because like you said, Ben, they they were 8-1-1 formation. Very, very defensive. But because we were 1-0 up after three minutes, they were in a position where they we basically gave them the ball and they had to make something. And that translates to them having more possession. But because they're so poor and they have no, like, they have no confidence at the moment because they're bottom of the league, they 
couldn't physically do anything with the ball. I think that it could have just as easily turned into a Montpellier game where they're just basically parking the bus and then we're just breaking our heads because we're lacking playmakers. So yeah, but we we created we we still created a lot more than we did in well we created lots in the Montpellier game, but I think we had more shots, more actually more actual attempts on goal in this game than we did against Montpellier, and that's. That's credit to our players because even though they did try, well, they did sit deep, they did play pretty high up in the first half, especially, as you say, the scenario of the match after scoring so early meant that they actually had to try and equalise. So that gave us, on the, on the break, we caught them out a few times and we, we should definitely have scored the second, half, second goal between, before half-time, but we didn't. But we created enough to be able to score that second goal and that's the main difference is that we... we we were very clinical. You used the word earlier. We were clinical. Every time we got the ball, it looked like we were going to create a chance. And that's the big difference compared to the last three or four games where we looked very sterile. Mm. I mean, we were clinical up until the last touch. And in that case, we were just terrible. Stefan, so we're going to go line by line. Talk to me about mm-hmm. Mandanda. What, what did you think about him? Any not, Anything to, to, to write home about? Um, I don't think he had that much to do, did he? Um, from what I remember, I don't. I remember him making one or two saves. Yeah, he, yeah, I, I, yeah, he there, was there fine. Were a couple of shots. Yeah, yeah, there were yeah, a couple of pa- shots parried. straight at him, weren't they? Yeah, and he sort of parried one. One I remember. Yeah, but I mean, he was fine. He never no mistakes or anything, you know. Yeah, he's no? starting to get off his line a lot more than he used to. You know, what... yeah, it scares me, but he's, he's not as fat as he used to be. So, it's well, not, it's more dynamic. That's a good thing, Steph. It's just more dynamic. Yeah, it's but I just don't like him coming out because of how many horror stories, well, just how, how many times we've seen him come out and fuck it up. I just, I, it frightens me every time he comes out. But yeah, he's not, he's faster now and he's, he looks a bit more agile. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. There's nothing much to say about Mandanda, you know. The only two shots on target from Strasbourg, and two of them were, were very, very long-range efforts. And apart from that, I think it's quite reassuring. I mean, I agree with you, Stefan. It, it is quite scary when we have memories of, of Mandanda coming off his line. But he's doing it quite well this season, and it's quite reassuring for quite a young defence. Quite a young defence overall. It's quite nice to have your, your the reassurance or the confidence to, to think that your keeper is right behind you you know, to take the ball from the air and then just lie on the floor and then give you a breather. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's those little things that you, you'd say, you know, like five out of ten for Mandana because he's had nothing to do. But his his leadership and, and his stance on the field is quite reassuring to see. And I think it's it's boosting the confidence of, of, our, of our basically 20-year-old centre-backs. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, I think the only time I mentioned his name was um, shortly after we scored. There was a bit of a cock-up between him and Chinetta Saar on a free ball, and he came out for it, and Chinetta Saar panicked and cleared it, and that, that left us a bit exposed because Strasbourg got the, the ball back pretty quickly, and Mandanda was way off his line. But we were able to close them down. I think Streetman actually went in there and put in a good challenge. Mm. But, yeah, that's that's the only sort of little communication thing that... that you know, to to his credit, he's had to work with five or six different um, central defender combinations this season. So you, you would expect there to be a little bit of, um, you know, that will improve over the course of the season. The communication of confidence in his defenders where if he says he's coming for it, they'll leave it for him. 
But um, yeah, I think that was the only incident of note that involved him. Apart from that, he was solid as usual. Yeah, I agree. All right, so moving on to to the back four. So we've had um, Sakai being uh, given another chance at the left back position, uh, in spite of Mavi being on the bench. Um, and Mavi finally came in in the 88th minute, which probably scared us all to death. Um, and then we had Kamara and Chaitasar, who plays centre-back, <laughs> centre but were playing very, very high, I thought, um, and managed to get quite, quite a few attacking chances. We can also talk about them being attacking threats. And Bunasar, who, who, you know, who's... Uh, who's loyal to his usual standard of, of crossing abilities, who's tried, I think I picked it up three times and it still doesn't <laughs> manage to beat the first man. Um, ben, you, really, you really don't like him, do you? No, I don't. You'll sure, be on your own right. here, mate, because Stefan hates him as well. <laughs> Can you hear him? Well, actually, I, mean, ben, I, don't, I don't like him, but he, he did all right last night. But again, he was never exposed or never put in, in a position where he was, he was under threat. So... That, that, I think I think that's my analysis for the whole defence. I don't think we were actually put under threat seriously, apart from probably once on a counter-attack where um, Ayoki took, made a very poor decision and didn't cut it back to his teammate and went for the shot. Um, I, yeah, I, I think that, you know, because of the poor quality of the opposition, the, the defence actually was able to perform pretty well. And I, I will say, though, that Kamara, apart from his goal, did well. He's He's... You know, it's good to have him back because Piran put in a shift for the last few weeks, but he's clearly not the same level. Yeah, you can even see even though he's difference. a similar age. But um, I, I, I honestly think that that was Chiletta Carl's best performance for us that I've seen so far. Because when you see the way he was getting the ball back and the, some of the passes he was picking out were very good, but some some of the runs when he made that forward run and had that attempt on goal, he would never have done that six months ago because he just didn't have the confidence to carry the ball that far out of defence and then continue his run. And I think that's positive, that he's had a run of games where he's looked decent. He's not looked great, but he's looked decent. And if he can maintain some of that consistency, we know that we can rely on him later on in the season when there's injuries or suspensions. So that, that's my analysis. Sakai was all right. Um, he, he He's just curring at left-back, let's face it. It's not his natural position. And he always tries to come back on his right foot, which is natural, but it's going to, you know, yes, he will be good defensively, but he will never be good enough going forward in that position. And Saar, yeah, the same. He, he put in the shift. And um, the one thing that I, I do take away from the game for Saar was when he um, he took too long to play Benedetto in towards the end of the first half. Um, Benedetto literally lost his shit with him, which is quite rightfully so. Yeah, it, it, that was pretty shocking, to be honest, from him. Stefan, I'll, I'll go. Back, I'll go to you to ask you your opinion on the back line. But before that, Ben, you've actually mentioned quite a few things, a few good things about Chetasa and Kamara. Now, Alvaro Gonzalez is coming back for the next game. What What would you do? Would you Would you keep his back line against PSG, or would you change it up? No, it's, it's uh, got to be Gonzalez and Kamara. It's got to be Gonzalez and Kamara. Yeah, I think you've got to bring Alvaro Gonzalez, and he's been the best defender. Um, in all the games he's played, um, don't you think that's tough from Chaitasar though? It is, but he's just Chaitasar and Kamara together against PSG will make mistakes. 
whereas Alvaro Gonzalez is a, he seems like a leader and he you know he he, he lead, literally leads by example. I just I think he's a good balance to have next to one of the younger guys for a game. Well, like uh, I, I'm I'm going to make a bold. You just said the opposite. Hey, you could he say, no, you could he no, say no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a. Not, I, it's just a statement. Yes, yes, I agree that I want Gonzalez to start, but at the same time, in in a game like that where we know it's going to get feisty, especially for our Spanish and South American players, I can see Gonzalez going in a bit too heavy-handed early on and possibly getting sent off. Now, this this is one of my potential predictions. It may or may not come true, but. No, he's, but, uh, the type of, ben, he's the type of character that could get stuck in. Yeah, but Ben, early. I'll remind you, as we saw from yesterday's game, red cards just don't exist anymore. No, but they do for us. That, we, guys, we talked about this last time. We, we, we will, the, the two challenges that Strasbourg made towards the end of the game, if that was Chiletta, Saar or Camera, they're getting sent off. Like, no, but yeah, but the, the only explanation I have is that they've decided at the league that red cards is, is basically is it's non-existent only anymore. Them. It's only for Rome. No, it's only for Marseille. We, if that was one of our players making that challenge at that time of the game, he's getting sent off. And Most both the penalty as well. Yeah, yeah, especially the penalty. But don't, if that was, if that's, if Gonzalez does that next week in the fifteenth minute against PSG, he's getting sent off. I can tell you now. I can see it coming. Yeah. It's just, it's just the way we get fucked by referees. We discussed this last time. We know how it works. So it's, it's. It's double standards, yeah. and it will always be that way. All right, Stefan. Um, last podcast, you talked about, for the Amion game, you talked about Sakai, even though he's a lot better than Marvi defensively, he, you could see that there was a big difference in terms of uh, attacking threat mm. that he was posing on Amion defence. Did you feel the same for this game? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't really remember Sakai attacking in this yeah and I, I think he doesn't offer the same amount of um, attacking input as what Amavi does um, at least not on the left side and maybe on the right he's a bit more effective because it's his natural side so he can run and cross whereas he's looking to like cut in on the left um, yeah I, I, I definitely think it's um, you, we lose a bit going forward but that doesn't mean to say I would take him out of le- from the left back position necessarily and I did when I saw Amavi was coming on as a sub, I was just I was thinking, oh for fuck's sake, you know, you're protecting the one 0 victory to not bring Amavi on, you know, to defend the last. But yeah, it was fine in the end. So. And you you just knew that as soon as it was coming on, the Strasbourg attacks were just going straight to the left side of our defence. Like it's it's a gimmick. Yeah, now. it's just well, this, this is the thing about Amavi. I mean, if, apart from the the fact that he has a tendency to make a really like calamitous sort of decision or back you know pull tackle or something but he's often just he, he bomb he, he goes he bombs forward a lot and then he just gets caught out of position constantly you know and he's got the legs to to get up and down the pitch but it's just sometimes his brain his football and brain's not and yeah. there he, he's he should know when he's leaving spaces where you know when he needs to close it down and um, he just leaves himself exposed too much. So, so yeah, yeah I if do. he gets to track back, if yeah. he gets to track back, that's exactly yeah. it. Yeah, Steph, I won't ask you. I won't even try to ask you what you thought about Bunasar. So I'll move straight to the midfield. And <laughs> guys, guys, last last thing about defense. Yeah, Sakai. That was Sakai's 100th game for us, guys. Yeah. Um, fair play. I've, he's a free signing. I think he's probably the best free signing we've made in the last. 
Well, I don't remember the last time we made the free signing, but he's he's probably one of the best we've made. Yeah, I think yeah, I'll agree. I have I have a different feeling to to when um, Germain got his hundredth cap. When you're like, really, this guy should never get a hundred <laughs> starting positions for us. But Sa- Sakai, Sakai deserves it. Sakai came from nothing. Jermaine has not had a hundred games. No, he? he's not played the hundred games for him. No, 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 hey, he, he hasn't. Has he? No, no. He, he joined the year after Sakai. It's not possible. Yeah, between <laughs> maybe next year, next season. But but um, I'll make some reset. Yeah, Sakai. Fair play to him. He's he's you know same. We signed him on a free, and nobody expected much from him when he signed. He's, he's played the 100 games and he's more more positive than negative overall, it has to be said. So fair play to him and congratulations and may he may he continue with us for the long term. And as I say, yeah, he might be the 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 lone survival of the Chico Lungi era, the si- their signings. Oh, it was, well, yeah, they, they made a good signing. Over that guy. Chico Lungi's best signing, lads. Yay. <laughs> it is, because it used to be what? what? Who was the Belgian guy? What was his name as well? Remember? Gunter. Oh, yeah, 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 Gunter. Gunter Jacob. Gunter Jacob. Yeah. The poor guy was at the club for three months. He got burglarised twice. twice. <laughs> no, like, um, poor the, guy. This guy got such a hard time the whole time he was here, right? And I think partly because he was so dull and stuff when he spoke. And but he did nothing. If you look at it, yeah, but if you look at the club he was at before, the num and the number of players that came through that team when he was the sporting director, I'm sure it was all guys like Curry Bali, you, you, you can't go pissing over Jacob. <laughs> no, sorry, over Bunasar and, and like try and build up credit for Jacob, mate. Just well, give I'm just it saying up. it's a bit harsh. Maybe like we didn't get a give chance. it up. Give Come it on. up. Like we didn't get a chance to see like what he could. Act, he did know, have what... no money. He did have no money to work yeah, with. But yeah. still, I mean. I guess Sakai was him. Let's put Sakai down to him and let's, yeah. let's give him let's give him credit for that. If the people who burglarised him could give him some of his stuff back for signing Sakai, then that'd be nice, wouldn't it? See, look up, look at the number of look at the players that came through. I think it was Genk when he was sporting director. There's loads of really good mm. players: Bailey, Leon Bailey, Ndidi, loads of players. Yeah. I don't know how responsible he was, but he was at that club at that time, so. As much as I love to reminisce about about these brilliant golden eras of Marseille, I think we'll we'll go back to the game. Um, so Strootman had one goal, albeit from a penalty, and one assist. So he contributed in both of Marseille goals yesterday, and for me had quite a big activity on the pitch. Stefan, what, what did you what did you think? What did you make out of Strootman's performance? Um, just the same as I always say, like um. I often don't really notice he's actually there doing it because he doesn't really stand out very much and he's not the most exciting player. He's a bit of a kind of water carrier type. Um, yeah, you look, I think we look more stable in midfield with him in it, to be honest, than when he's not there. You know, I think we saw, was it the, was it the last game or the game before where we had Lopez, Sanson and um, Rangier and just no one doing, playing that kind of um, deep. Um, number six role without so without Strootman I think we're a lot more porous in midfield. Um, yeah, and he just he's a bit of a level kind of cool head I think um, because of his experience and he's put it at the high, high level for a long time. Um, yeah, I think he gives a good balance to the midfield. I would prefer someone a bit more athletic, um, but he'll do. You know. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a lot of Twitter responses. You know, saying that. Well, we, we lost to Amiens 3-1 and now he's back and then you can see the difference. People seem to forget that he was here for all of the other losses. 
Um, ben, Ben, what did you what, what what did you think about Streetman? What, what do you think it was in line with his performance from the season, or, or did he step it up again a notch? Well, I I was one of the first to say in, after the Amiens game and the podcast we did that you could tell he was missing, and uh, I, I will jump on that bandwagon. I agree that he was missing, and our other midfield three, so Rongier, Sanson, and Lopez are too similar in terms of their profile. Streetman is the only slightly defensive-minded midfielder that we have in terms of experience, but also in terms of his style of play where he, let's face it, he cleans up a lot of those loose balls in front of, uh, in front of our penalty area. So I thought, I thought he, he did well. It was statistically he, he had a good game because he scored and he got an assist. But yeah, he, he's, he's one of those where he, he's never flamboyant, but he's, he is solid. And I think that last night was, was the best performance of our midfield so far this season. So, wink, wink, Sanson. Maybe, you know, you don't have a place unless you step it up, even though I think he's been all right. In terms of compatibility, uh, Rongier and Lopez going forward seem to be very good and have a good influence on our play. But Streetman is a reassuring presence in front of that back four, especially given the lack of experience of our... Well, not the lack of experience, but the youth of our, of our back of our two centre-backs last night. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's a pretty, pretty good summary of Streetman, to be honest. It, I have to do my mea culpa, because I've been really critical of Streetman. I, st I still am, to be honest. But when he pulls on a performance like this, I mean, besides the actual statistics, the goal and the assist, it, you could really feel that he was in control of the midfield. You know, when this game could have been a lot more difficult than, than, than it was, you know, he the fact that he was there stopping all the counter-attacks... All the build-up plays really made this game really, really easy for us. And like you said, our back line who didn't have to suffer wave after wave after wave of, of counter-attacks. I agree. Um, so, Stefan, we, we, we'll split. We actually, for once, I'm not going to talk about a partnership, but I'm going to split the two midfielders each and talk about individually. I'll, 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 give, you, I'll give you Rangier to talk about. He only got a, a 5 out of 10 in L'Equipe as a... As as a as a ranking, what do you what did you think of him? Do you think he was better than that? I really enjoy watching him. Actually, I think on the ball he's a really technical, technically gifted player. I think his footwork's great. I think his passing's brilliant. I think sometimes he um, tries to pull off, you know, this sensational last pass a lot, and he's clearly got the eye for it. But sometimes he's just a bit too casual, and maybe. Um, you know, needs to keep it more simple, um, but he's certainly capable of, of making that you know final through pass. And I really like what I see of him. I think he's a really interesting player. Um, I just love the way he's, his feet move. You know, with, with the ball, he's just got just such such nice control. I think he's far superior to um, the other two midfielders you know that we've got in that mould Lopez and Sanson well, especially um, in that formation you, you you have to compare him to Sanson in this formation and there seems to be night and day yeah I mean as you know you said though um, a few podcasts ago look at um, which I very much agree with Sanson looked a very good player when he came in he had the number of assists the number of goals in his first six months a year and then he's kind of seems to have lost his confidence. Um, I do think Sanson's a good player. Um, I think he's been out of form, though, for a while, um, since maybe about a year now. Yeah, since about... I think he was very good autumn last maybe season. Maybe more. And, and, no, I, I think around about this time last season, he was really good. 
and then he just he got injured and he, I think maybe briefly and then he's been pretty poor since um, but I think um, he's got the ability and I actually think Sansong and Rangier could work really well together with someone like Strutman behind them I find Lopez a bit more frustrating I feel like I just feel like Lopez just really hasn't progressed um, he's, he runs around a lot and he he's yes you can keep it simple and nice and stuff but I just need he's he just hasn't like developed beyond what he looked like when he first came on the scene and he's just not capable of you know make scoring goals or making those kind of final balls you know assists and stuff I just think he's too safe and maybe he's got it in him but I just don't see it enough from him well actually you've got um, you both have very contrasting views Ben and, and Stefan yeah. on Lopez so we can talk about Lopez now Ben actually because you mentioned I mean you, you said quite a lot of good things about Lopez at the start of the show what 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 do you think he did well with this game because he's he has faced a lot of criticism and especially with that interview he's made recently about you know saying that he his head was already at barcelona a couple of years ago um he, what do you think about he's nowhere near this? barcelona's beat level so yeah sorry ah, i agree with that let go you only have to listen back to, to know that i've been one of his most fervent critics i said this a few weeks ago after the monaco game that even though we weren't for me, he, he looks lightweight in that midfield, and I agree with that. And I think he, he gave the interview yesterday in the CFC where he said that, that apparently, allegedly, we refused a 15 million offer from Sevilla for him last summer. And, um, you know, if, shit, you look at that and you go, Jesus, if we'd have sold him, we maybe could have kept a compass. And how different would our team look now? When you it wouldn't have looked any different. Team. Let's stop. Let's stop fantasizing <laughs> about Campos. <laughs> No, but everyone's really serious about this. Like, people forget Ocampos. <laughs> everyone hated Ocampos. <laughs> yeah, but he's doing well in Spain. He's going for Argentina yeah, and stuff. I'm winding you up, mate. I'm winding you up. I agree. But look, look, yesterday was one of his best games. I think he plays better in that advanced position. But if, if I do think if we had... A more physical defensive midfielder in behind him. Streetman does the job, but we all agree that we need someone a bit more athletic. Um, if, if Lopez had that kind of coverage behind him and he was able to get forward like he did last night in the first half, he created shitloads in the first half. He was brilliant. I, I, I was very impressed with him. I couldn't believe it was him. I thought it was Rongier half the time, and then I had to actually focus and realise it was Lopez that was pulling off quite a few good passes, combining with the players... I, I didn't see the statistical analysis, but I think that's probably the most forward passes he's ever played in a game for us. He just looked so assured on the ball, and he was he was picking out passes left, right, and centre. And with Rongier, they look quite complementary. Although Rongier is a step above in ability, I agree with you, Steph. But yeah, if, if Lopez produces those performances consistently, then we'll see. But my big worry with him is that. He, he'll shine in games like last night against Strasbourg and, um, you know, the, the uh, sort of Angers and those type of teams. But in the next four games, I, I, that's where I want to see him at this level. And it, I, I'm very worried that he'll fade away or, or just get bullied off the pitch because he's, he's not athletic enough. And that's, that's not his problem. That's just his style and his build. But if he produces... One or two performances in the next four games that were similar to the one last night, I will. He will really go up in my in my esteem and my excitement about his potential. But I, I just don't think that's going to happen. In it's all honesty, one, yeah, one thing I would add to that actually, just very quickly, is you talk about his 
you know, physical deficiencies all the time. But actually, um, yesterday's game, Strasbourg have some pretty big, tough, physical players, a lot of height and stuff, and he wasn't actually bullied as you know off the ball and stuff as we normally see him against. Yeah, yeah, but that's the system, that that was the systemic thing. But it's because because our our backline were able to be confident and play so high up. It means that. Streetman was able to push higher and, and interfere with that midfield, which gave Lopez and Orgier a lot of space in the first half. But in the second half, he definitely faded away. Uh, less, less than Orgier. Orgier faded a lot more in the second half, I find. And Lopez still was present and picked out a couple of key passes on, on a couple of counter-attacks. But when, when, when we have that, that confidence and that assurance to step up at the back line and put pressure on the team and on the opposition in midfield, then Lopez will always be more comfortable. But we're not going to be able to do that consistently, let's face it, especially not against bigger teams. But I hope they prove me wrong. I well, may be wrong. To give you the closing words, I'll, I'll both give you the closing statement on Lopez before we move on to the front three. It seems that we're going to play with this this midfield for at least the foreseeable future with Rangier, Strutman and Lopez. Now they have a large sample size of Lopez and what he looks like in big games. If Lopez doesn't play well, you can tell both tell me just yes or no. If he doesn't play well against PSG, do you bench him for Sanson for the for the the rest of the big games that's going on this season? Yes. No. No, I disagree. I'd rather I'd rather give Lopez, who's a mino of the club and, and one of our academy products, more credit and more patience than I will Sanson, who is allegedly supposed to be one of our big ticket players that we're hoping to sell for 30 or 40 million for fact's sake. So I'm, I'm expecting a lot more from Sanson if and when he does come back in the team than, than I am from Lopez. If Lopez can produce something like last night against in one of the next three games against one of the next three big teams, that I'll be happy with that, especially if he kicks on. If he doesn't, then we'll know he's still going to improve. But I, I, I will put more pressure on Sosson than on Lopez, personally. OK. Now, we... Radonic got a second chance after the his big second half against Amiens last, um, two weeks ago now. He got a chance to play against yesterday, and reviews are mixed. I mean... This main highlight is his bar on here, the volley that he's had in the bar. But he's had a lot of the ball yesterday. He's made some good decisions, some bad as usual. Bit, bit more of a balanced game for Radonich. He seems to, to at least, at least give us the impression that he's coming out of his shell. Stefan, what did you make out of his game? Now that Payet is coming back, would you keep Radonich on the pitch and try to play him on the right wing instead of Jama, or would you just bench him again? Um, Benjamin, no doubt about it. Um, I think he had a better game yesterday than what I think I've ever remember. I can ever remember seeing of him, or other than the preseason. Um, yeah, he looked less. He was less frustrating. I'm not going to say he had a great game, but I think he was less frustrating. He didn't give the ball away as much as, or you know, his poor control didn't let him down as much as it normally does. Um, but I'd still bench him. He's not. He's not at that level to be put to be starting against PSG or at any big or any of the big games. I think he's only going to buck up because that's what he what he does, isn't it? Yeah. He's not. 
He's not good enough yet. He still us. has his frustrating moments where, where he has the option of passing it and playing it simple and he just impels himself on the back line. Mm-hmm. I, mean, yeah, I, don't, I don't doubt... I don't doubt his technical abilities, it's his decision-making, that is still the most frustrating part of this game. It's abysmal. It is. His control sometimes lets him down, though he takes his eye off the ball, and although he's capable of some really sublime tech moments of, like, you know, technique and stuff, he's also just capable of, like, the poorest touch ever, you know? It's like, I don't know how he can go from being able to control... Something so well to so poorly in seconds of each other is just it's just a bizarre player. I can't make my mind up whether or not he's got a lot of talent or he's just absolutely terrible. I think I think his performance last night is just just symptomatic of what I said very early on that guys that this was Hasbro and they they made him look really good <laughs> they did they did but he, he did third place so he put in See, a good shift as if well. he played in scotland and he was playing against hips and stuff every week he probably would look good yeah, yeah he'd be a great player for rangers i'm sure and you know him and morelos would both be getting sent off every week but <laughs> um it's just yeah i mean strasburg made him look half decent and i i still don't rate him but i think that in those games he, he can have an impact and I agree with you, Steph. He will not start, but I would much rather Jamal start anyway from an experience point of view in the big games. Um, but I, I still think that maybe he has a part to play in any of the games coming up as an impact. So if he comes off for the last 20 minutes and we're either a goal up or a goal down and we need to, to create something, you never know with him. He could produce a moment of, of random genius and get a, get a cross in or get, you know, get a shot on goal that could create a chance for someone else. And that is that is the pure limit of his contribution, and he's, he's just not good enough for a full ninety minutes. Yeah, right. Teams. If we want, if you want to talk about the the um, the other topics at the end of the game, so the the, the French table, Garcia, Leon, and looking a little bit about the PSG game, I think we need to uh, move on a little bit quickly. Um, yeah. I, I do think that it's worthwhile to stop at Benedetto's performance because there's a lot of controversy again and a lot of of mixed reviews about about his effectiveness and his intentions. Um, I personally thought that. So people, people need to cut the crabs. They need to cut the crabs. But go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Do I need to cut the crab? Um... Well, it depends. It depends what you're going to say, mate. <laughs> go for it. All right. I think. I think that yes, his his decision sometimes. I don't know if I can call it selfish. His decision sometimes is sometimes odd. He's quite unpredictable in the fact that he'll shoot when you're not expecting him to shoot, and sometimes it fails miserably. But you can't deny that that his his first touch, his his one-two ability, and not just his ability, but and his potential. But in fact, like yesterday, he did loads of them. The way he tracks back, the way he kind of drops down in the pitch to actually make um, one-twos and triangles. It's, I mean, how many players do that in French league? It's, it's it. I think it's it's. Like he's a great striker, and even considering yesterday's game, aside from the penalty that he gets, I think it's a top performance. I I, I agree. I really enjoy him watching him play. I think he's such an interesting forward. Um, I was really skeptical about him. Remember when we signed him in mm. summer? I wasn't convinced. I I really really enjoy watching him. I think he's a brilliant player. And even if he fucks up sometimes or he makes some of the wrong choices. I enjoy watching him, and isn't that what football is about? Isn't it? It's about like entertainment. Um, 
So yeah, I don't mind because he's so enjoyable to watch. I just I think like even Balotelli, I'm not you know I know they're very different kind of players, but he was also a player that would do make choices that might seem quite selfish sometimes. But at the same time, he could also pull some things off like that. You know, like efforts and things, or um, you know acrobatic um, scissor kicks and things like that. But or the odd sort of back heel with flick. Um, and I think that's good. That's what we need up front. We need a forward that makes us excited, you know, that does try to do some of the, you know, the harder things to do in football. I don't want to see some boring kind of robot forward, you know, like you. Fucking, that's exactly the kind of forward I don't want, you know. Oh, Jesus, don't criticise your roommate. He's got amazing goal scoring records. No, I'm not a fan. So, um, yeah, I really like Benedetto. That's the kind of football I want to see. Um, I imagine what he'd be like if Bielsa was still the manager. I think he would, he would get so much out of that player. Um, and it's just a shame that he's like 29 because I, I wish he was like five years younger because, you know, we get to see him get better and better and, you know, adapting to European football. Agree. I'm not. I'm not going to repeat it. I agree wholeheartedly. You know the quality of some of his first touch and, and his positioning, notably when he tracks back and he comes to get the ball deep. Whenever he he always looks to play that that risky pass, but it seems to always come off for him. So that that's a measure of his quality, but also. I mean, there's a couple of things. I mean, we all, we were all worried about him getting booked and suspended. It did happen. And I think very early on, he went in for a challenge, which was a bit dodgy. I thought he was going to get booked after 10 minutes, and he didn't. And then he, he went in for a couple more. I think towards the end of the game, he went in for a slide tackle, didn't he, against the defender. He won it, and then he got across him. Yeah, that's brilliant, that tackle. I mean, that's, that's what you want to see, isn't it? Like, exactly. He completely beats the defender to the tackle and just gets on his feet as well. Just... And, and to conclude, I think in the first half, there was, a, there was a moment where he slipped, but he still managed to pull off a fucking amazing pass for Jamal. That's something that Radonic can't even do standing up when he's, when he's not being pressed. So yeah. let's face it, I mean, he's, we've got a quality technical striker here, and it's, he's probably, I've said it before, he reminds me a lot of Mamadou Nyong in terms of his technical ability and his, his vision. Um, with, with the right service, which hopefully Payet and eventually Thomas will provide later on in the season for him, I think he's, he's going to continue to score and he's going to become a very central part of this team. Yeah, I, I, I agree completely. Um, I think for for the sake of talking about other topics, I propose that we skip Draman because there's 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 yeah, literally yeah, nothing to talk about about him. <laughs> it's he's uh, it's just bad. He he's the he's the embodiment of bang average. There's nothing bad, nothing good, and then you come out and you don't even Agreed. know if he's played. Yeah, skip. Yeah, skip. Um, so, so in terms of the outside of the game news, so I'd like to talk a little, like just a few minutes about the league table, where Marseille is now in fourth position, um, giving you an indication of how poor the Liga is after Marseille hasn't won in six games. They find themselves in a fourth spot, uh, one point away from, from the podium. Nantes second, Stade de Reims third, and obviously PSG top. But it's not at the top of the table that I'm looking at because I, I expect things to change quite quickly. But it's that Lyon is uh, one point away from from being bottom. 
Um, Monaco, even though they're starting to, to get some points now, they're still 14th. And Lille are, are just crashing and burning compared to their standard last season where they've only got 15 points in 10 games and they're at the 8th position. What, I think Saint-Étienne as well have, have won two games in a row now and they've moved up to 10th. Yeah, is it, what, what does that inspire you? Would you, you are you confident? I mean, it's a bit of a blessing in disguise, the fact that we can play so poorly and be fourth, but then it kind of gives you, tells you like, well, if we had won our four games, which are very winnable, we could be top. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. It means we don't have to be very good to get into the top positions. It's brilliant for us, isn't it? Yeah, but how long is that going to last? And I, I guess we're luckier than we have been in previous seasons where Lille, for example, last season were just very consistent from the start and they were, I think that they won their first six games or something. They had a really good total of points uh, at this stage last season. But yeah, we, it, it, it's a blessing, but it's also a curse because it may, you know, it may lead to complacency and it. I think it's good for Villas Boas because it means that he's not under too much pressure too early. But the perfect example is exactly what you said, Lucas, because we're so close on points. We were 11 before last night's game. And because we won by two goals in the end, <laughs> we go up to fourth. And that's, it is a bit ridiculous in, in, in the league like, like Ligue 1, which you, just, you would expect the big teams to dominate and, and win points like they do in every other league. They're just so inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah, but we can go down just as quickly because we're playing four very difficult games and there's only six exactly. points away from the regulation spot. So we could yeah, we, we could be back to 12 in, in three weeks. If that. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so um, that that's it about the, the, the league table. Um, ben, I believe you want to talk about a uh, particular transfer. Yeah, let's talk about All right, I'll, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll release you, Ben. Go for it. Have your rant. <laughs> it's a quick one. No, it's not a quick one. I'll, I'll just start off. Guys, this time last year, I think we had just extended Rudy Garcia's contract. We all know what happened after that. We all know what happened before that, notably with a very, yes again, very frustrating under this direction transfer window where we didn't sign a striker, we didn't sign a left back. Um, last summer, after Gasser left, we fixed the centre-forward problem, it would seem, because Benedetto has been very good. I don't think we expected that, but fair play. Garcia would never have played. I, I can he would never have signed him. No, he would never, he would have, never have gone have, for him. He would have vetoed that, definitely. He would never have looked at him. But... He probably never have heard of him anyway, you know. Yeah, he'd have, he'd have, oh, fuck knows what he would have done, but... Uh, guys, I, I just find it... So, the, the only frustrating thing for me about him signing at Lyon is that it would seem that... I think it's happened a few times in the Premier League before where Mourinho's left and um, other managers have left other medium to big-sized clubs and they've, they've said to them... I think they had the clause that if they got sacked and, and, and they ended up signing for another team fairly quickly, that would mean we wouldn't pay them off entirely. That would mean the club that they just mm. left would, would forfeit paying them off for sacking them. Obviously, I would not expect Zero to have that foresight <laughs> or to or to do anything. Exactly what I thought when he signed as well. Exactly. Yeah. But I have to say, I'm, I pissed myself when I saw that appointment because they went for Laurent Blanc. And I, well, allegedly, Olas contacted um, Mourinho first and... Just, just taking a step back and looking at the whole picture of Lyon, because at the end of last season, they they seemed to change their strategy a bit, where Olas seemed to say, I'm going to take a bit of a step back from the sporting side of things, 
Um, and I'm going to appoint Juninho and give Juninho free reign to run the sporting side and the transfer side. So Juninho brought his man in, who's Silvino. We all know how that's worked out. It was a clusterfuck. They didn't exactly sign good players, and their squad is pretty thin for saying they're playing Champions League football. I, I don't know if I agree with that. but Well, no, but look at how it's turned out. I'm probably not on paper at the time, but look at how it's turned out. Well, I mean, I would say that I think they signed good replacements for the players they sold, but... Oh, I would they, also... they don't, they, they would... don't have any creative players. They don't have anybody creative in that midfield or up front. I've got Adelaide, but I would also... I he's, would not also... Played. he's not played the same yeah, minutes. But... I would also he's played a couple of games. Um, I would also say that um, Silvini. I mean, he played nine games in the season. They sacked him. You could say maybe they could have given him a bit more time to see if he could. Yeah, but that's the difference between us last season when we lost. We didn't win for ten games and we kept Garcia. Lyon have to chop. <laughs> yeah. They took they took the brave decision to sack him. And I think just the, just the funniest thing is for once in a long time. Lyon are in a bit of a crisis politically, which is actually quite quite entertaining and quite refreshing to see because clearly you would look at Juninho and you would not expect him to go anywhere near Garcia. He would not want someone like Garcia who's going to come in and be a bit conflictual towards him and say, I'm in charge, like he did with Zubi, as we're all assuming. Mm-hmm. And that's that's... That's so entertaining. Do you, do you think Olas is the one that's oh, gone? Definitely. Yeah. Houllier, Gerard Houllier, behind the scenes, said clearly said to Olas, Laurent Blanc is too much of a big pair of, co- of balls for us to manage. We can't be dealing with Laurent Blanc. Go for Garcia. He's do you, the most Do you think Mourinho would have gone for Laurent Blanc either? Do I... I don't think well, Laurent Blanc wanted the position either. Well, that's what's coming to light, allegedly, nowadays. But I just think that Juninho is... It's a puppet. The poor guy is a puppet. Yeah. He's a club legend. He's he's been humiliated in the space of two months because of a management appointment that didn't work out, but also fan pressure and, and political things going on in the club. And I, I'm just I'm just sitting back with a glass of gin and tonic and seeing this whole bullshit clusterfuck unfold. And I'm actually for once I'm thinking, Jesus, for once it's not OM. Yeah, I mean I know it's great, but and, and to. You know, in response to that, you could say, I mean, what the fuck's our sporting director doing? Yeah, I mean, but, yeah. It's... well, that's it. That was that was my two cents. I'm just, can I I'm ask just you, relieved. Do you think Garcia? Do you think Garcia's going to do well with Leon? No, no. no. He, I think he... I think he'll stabilise them this season, but I don't think last next season will just be poor because I don't see them. Getting Champions League football for a start. I, I'm not necessarily saying that we will, but I'm saying that I don't think they will. They will um, recover enough to be able to do that in their league form because they've got European football, which will drain them a lot. And he's. We all know how poor he is at European football in the Champions League. He's taken a few beatings with Roma. So, I think he'll stabilise them, but I don't think they'll they'll improve enough. And I don't think. I don't think he's gonna have. My my hope is that they give him a transfer window this this summer and they let him they let him fuck fuck them up like he fucked up by spending money on stupid players and stupid wages. It, this transfer makes no sense because he Leon is obviously a club that's very very deeply rooted into their youth academy and we know how skeptical Garcia is of playing youth players and giving them like full confidence. So he's probably gonna wreck their. He's probably going to wreck like their young crop. They're all going to leave because they don't get any any game time, 
And the, the, the thing that makes me so confident that they're not going to do well is that when you see his post-match conference against Dijon, he has not changed a single bit. His analysis, he's just saying like, oh yeah, if we played this game nine times out of ten, we would have won it. Uh, we should have given more. This no, no questioning himself, no questioning his players. It's always the referee's fault, always unlucky, lack of luck and stuff, all that stuff. So he's going to continue like this until we get sacked. Mm, okay. Um, so we uh, we don't have much time to talk I about mean, PSG. I mean, uh, that, that, just, just, yeah, back just on what you said, that... I, I was literally almost getting an erection when I saw his post-match interview. <laughs> it's like, oh, if we, if we played this game nine more times, we would have won it nine times out of ten. Well, mate, how many fucking times do you need to play a game to win it, man? Like, we've, we've been hearing this shit for years from, well, for months from you, even after we lost and you drew. And it's like, yes, to be fair, I think the keeper um, got, got one of the best ratings any goalkeeper's ever had on Montpetit Gazon. But, um, <laughs> but still, like, fuck's sake, mate. You've not changed one bit. And I'm, I'm so happy to see that he, he hasn't used these last four months to question himself and try and improve himself or, or think that maybe he's part of the problem. It's the same old Rudy Garcia. And long may it continue. And long may he fuck up Lyon. <laughs> Are you guys more excited or nervous that we're playing? We're pl- he's coming back to the velodrome? I think they'll probably beat us, but, you know, I mean, I, I, I can see that against Lyon and PSG. So. No, I can see that being a draw now that it's Gastia in charge, but <laughs> I, I will tell you one thing, though. When you look at all the shit that we gave Valbuena, although the, the poor guy came from fucking nowhere, won trophies for us and scored quite a few important goals for us, and he, the response and welcome he got was to have a puppet of himself being hung yeah. in the fucking was that that game? I, I just hope that Garcia gets gets a very, very, very deserved welcome when he comes back to the Velodrome. Because you think he will though? Because Valbuena got that. No, because Valbuena was a you know a star player for us for many years. Yeah, but he went elsewhere. Nobody liked Garcia, so it's different. Yeah, but he went elsewhere before going there, and Garcia has, has basically stolen ten million from us, signed for our biggest rivals, with the ambition of fucking us over even more, which is hopefully won't happen. But it's the, the, the principle of it, that Iro, for, for all his faults, puts way way too much faith and defended him, and, and even Zubi probably had to swallow his pride a few times and, you know, pretend they were getting on and pretending they were working closely together, even though they clearly weren't. It's just his whole attitude, and he's, ta- he's blatantly taken both of those guys for a big ride, he's fucked both of their reputations over, and he's wasted a large part of that 200 million war chest that we had when when McCall came on Streetman and Everplay. So he's fucked us more than anybody has fucked us in our recent history. That's my personal opinion. And he deserves to be fucking slated for that. All right, well, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens with Garcia. I think we're just about to, to end our, our podcast, just under the hour. So we have talked a little bit about PSG throughout the podcast here and there. Before we leave, can I just get your prediction on the score? So, just to remind the, the, the listeners, we're playing PSG at home next Sunday. Um, Payet is going to be back for this game. We shouldn't have any notable uh, suspensions. Um, Gonzalez will be back as well. Who? 
Alvaro Gonzalez. Oh yeah, Gonzalez, yeah. Payet, Sanson will be back. Obviously, Turbin is, is the one key missing man, but he might not be back until February. Um, what what would you say for the score? We the we, aren't we? It's in, it's in Paris. Oh yeah, yeah. it's the way. Oh my god, yeah. I've got everything wrong here. Yeah, so we're playing away in, in the Stade de France next Sunday. No, the Parc des Princes. It's not the Stade de France. Hein? I, I said Parc des Princes. That's what I said. Sorry. I'm not I think you said the Parc de France, but anyway, you can you can edit that to save your blush. I, I said Parc de France, you shit. Um, I, <laughs> I think part of me thinks we might get humped like 3 4 nothing, but then I could also... Maybe we could get a, a draw... You know, I think we could realistically like get a draw. You know, I don't think it's impossible either. So fuck it, I'm going to say one-one. I'm going to be one, like yeah. really optimistic about this. Right, Ben, what are you saying? We can we grind out results all season. So you know, we haven't lost that many games. We, you know, we're difficult to beat, and we've got character. We can go down and back. Yeah. So I'm going to agree. Uh, I, I, I agree with you, Steph. I, I think optimistically, I think that Villas Boas might be able to, not not in a Rudy Garcia way where he plays five at the back and, and comes out of nowhere with some really bizarre tactical choices. But I do think that I, I think we can we can cause them trouble if he sets the right system up and if we if we try and take the game for them for a change because too too many times compared to teams like Lyon when they play them. They've not taken that many hidings from them in recent years. And, and that's because they try and play them at their own game, which is pressing high in midfield. And I'd rather see us, because I think we're all very frustrated when we lost against them towards the rear end of last season when Germain equalised just after half-time and then they scored a couple of goals and Mondola got sent off. But we, we, we never, and even the home game last season, we never actually went for it. We, we always played with the handbrake on. Mm. So I don't care if we lose three or four nil. As long as we give it a go. And if, if if we create a couple of chances in the first half and maybe nick a goal, then maybe we can do a one one. Right. So one one. So I, two, I still think we'll lose. Two of our speakers I, I, are saying are saying a draw. So I'll 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 carry on very this, optimistic though. Very optimistic. I'll carry on this optimistic view by predicting a a very close game with Marseille losing three nil. Um, <laughs> I think I, I'm not buying yeah. into the AVB hype at all. Uh, you how guys could know how you go, go since the summer? How much you hate him? Like, why you hate him so much? He's doing all right, isn't he? I don't hate him. I'm just saying, watch. We'll, we'll 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 play pathetically. We never play well away from home at the Parc des Princes, and we'll. we'll, we'll... I, this this is a new manager. Yeah, exactly. I think the approach would be different. He could he could come up with a surprise. He did he did pull off a couple of. Away wins with Spurs when he was at Spurs. Okay, well they beat City. They beat City a couple of times when he was. We're there. not Garcia's losers anymore. No, we're we're, we're Marseille losers. We've always lost to PSG. Uh-huh. We don't need Garcia to lose to PSG. <laughs> Come on. Well, we'll just have to find out next week. Um, so we'll bring you back a podcast next Monday after the PSG game. After hopefully a, a draw or a good result or three points away from home for Marseille. Um, but in the meantime, we'll let you go for, for today. It'll be the end of the podcast. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess so we'll see you next weekend, guys. So, um, all right. See you, guys. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Uh, Ali Loem, come on. Ali Loem. Let's, let's, yeah. let's try and beat this scum. Let's try and do something against <laughs> the scum for a change. All right. For cheers, guys. Cheers. Bye. Good night.